0: name is Craig Nash and we'd like to welcome you to another It's a Grand Life. We're just uh, so thankful that you're joining us here today. And we've had some phenomenal guests on the program over the months and I just want to encourage you if you're new to It's a Grand Life or if you've missed a couple of our interviews, uh, just I want to encourage you to go back and check those uh, interviews out because we've had some uh, some just very impactful guests on Ryan Brooks on the program, Christina Bloomfield. We've got a group coming on called the Families Anonymous. That is an outstanding support group for those of us who are uh, having the sacred opportunity of grandparents raising grandkids. But anyway, we're just so delighted that you're here with us today. And we're going to talk about a tough subject on this podcast, and that is the five stages of grief. And the uh, the reason I wanted to talk about this today, it's a subject that I don't think any of us really want to deal with, but I was talking to my own uh, psychotherapist, and are you saying, Craig, that you need to talk to a psychotherapist? Yes, this is a very challenging situation that uh, my wife and I are in, and I, I guarantee, uh, not guarantee, but I would imagine, uh, Grandma and Grandpa, there may be times where you need to talk to a professional as well. But I am in the, uh, doing that, and uh, the, the situation has been very, very helpful. But um, my uh, therapist turned to me one time, and she said, you, know, you need to stop blaming or feeling guilty, and you need to investigate the five stages of grief. And that was very helpful to me, and I, hopefully this, this uh, podcast will be helpful for you. But the five stages uh, for grief are... Uh, number one is denial. We're denying that, uh, there's, there's anything really going on here. And we also, that leads to anger. We can get angry about our situation and we can, uh, be, become one who does a lot of bargaining to try and resolve the situation. And then the fourth stage is depression. And finally it's acceptance. So, um, I don't know about uh, about you, but in our situation, you know, you know, our our child has rebelled against everything that we believe in. And uh, maybe in your situation, he or she has not passed, but uh, they're gone. And um, I know with uh, with the first stage of uh, of of denial and this this five stage program, by the way, was developed by a psychiatrist named Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, And her work is, I think, uh, from the 1970s. And there's uh, uh, several iterations on various stages of grief, but hers is kind of like the industry standard. And um, I found a phenomenal article by um, uh, Jody Clark, who is a psychotherapist, and she wrote for verywellmind.com. I want to see if we can get those folks on our program down the road, but she wrote a a great article on how the five stages of grief can help you process a loss. So uh, the the first stage of denial is uh, really, it's uh, the first stage of the grieving process. It uh, helps us minimize the overwhelming pain of loss. And as we process the reality of our loss, we're also trying to survive emotional pain. And it, it can be, I don't know about you, but for us, it's it's just hard to believe we've lost this very important person in our life, our our daughter. And especially when we have spoken to them from time to time that we have not talked to our daughter for weeks and haven't really seen her at our home in over a year. But um, uh, denial is very much a process that we've been uh, wrestling with. And, uh, um, and maybe you have as well. But during this uh, stage of grieving our reality uh, according to Ms. clark has shifted completely when we deny things it takes our mind time to adjust to this new reality and we reflect on experiences that we shared with uh, the person we've lost and we might uh, find ourselves wondering how to move forward in life without this person but the fact is things have changed and uh, there's um a lot of information uh, to explore and a lot of painful imagery to process. But denial attempts, and I thought this was very helpful, according to Ms. Clark, Denial helps attempts to slow this process down so that uh, we t- it takes us through our our loss one step at a time rather than the potential of overwhelming us uh, by our emotions. And um, during this whole time of um, us becoming a grand family and adjusting to raising our granddaughter, Grace, there has been a lot of adjustment. And um, uh, in the past, maybe this is something I would sweep under the rug and in, in the entryway. But uh, we, we have to be honest and, and transparent and, and deal with uh, what we're going through if, if we want to get better. And so denial is not only an attempt to pretend that the loss doesn't exist, but we also are trying to ab- absorb our reality of what's happening. So we, uh, uh, in our situation, we would deny that the behavior health issues or the substance abuse issues were really as bad as they were. They can't be that bad. We really don't have to intervene. And we would try different things and they just didn't work. But uh, so... I want to ask you, uh, Grandma and Grandpa at home, are you in denial of how things are going with your uh, son or daughter that has uh, placed you in this situation of of uh, raising your grand? You know, um, and and the reality for us is dealing with the question: Is my daughter really living on the streets of inner city Detroit in in a drug uh, infested area? she really live in a sit in a uh, a home without plumbing without heat or electricity um, that it's very easy to deny that because it, it doesn't make any logical sense and without factoring in the behavioral health issues and the substance abuse issues. So the first stage is denial and then once you process the denial then the second stage is anger and we're trying to adjust, to this new reality. And we're experiencing, you know, a, a extreme emotional discomfort. It's not comfortable dealing with uh, uh, anger in this situation. And I, I try to be a very easygoing person. But I I find that during this process, there have been times when I would get angry at card tricks, I just, uh, um, and and snap at folks around me. And that's, really not how I like to live my life. and uh, but according to Ms Clark, who wrote this article, it's uh, it. keep in mind that anger requires us um, does not require us to be very vulnerable and it, it um, and it may be more socially acceptable for us to be angry than to admit that we're scared. And isn't that the truth? You know, we have fears about the future for our son or daughter as they live in this rebellion. What's going to happen to them? So we can, uh, uh, one of the ways that we express this, our emotional discomfort is through anger. And uh, anger also tends to be the first thing we feel when starting to release emotions related to loss. And it can cause us to be perceived as unapproachable by others, and often in moments, we could benefit from comfort, connection, and reassurance, but we've been so short with those around us or so negative. I don't know about you. Have you, when you're wrestling with this, have you, have you gotten negative? I mean, you know, we're, uh, uh, the first Thessalonians tells us to be joyful, prayerful, and thankful. But sometimes when you're wrestling with the, uh, the painful emotion of a child, a son or daughter in total rebellion and, um, it's, it's hard to be that positive. And so we, prayerfully, we need to be engaging in each step of, uh, each stage of this, uh, of, of grief and Lord willing, uh, get to the final stage and just accept what is going on. And especially the fact that it's out of our control. Uh, the Ephesians tells us to be angry and sin not. And, uh, but that's, uh, it takes a very strong person to to be angry and not to sin but uh um but the reality is that in this situation if i'm being honest there are times where you can lose it um whether folks deserve it or not some of the the the, the, the conversation i've had with my wife or even my granddaughter has been so short that uh, but i want to encourage you today there's a phenomenal bible verse That first John chapter one, verse nine, that says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I had a phenomenal life coach, which I'm hoping we can get on our program named Greg Long. And Greg Long would always talk about, you've got to clean up the mess. Like you're walking down the aisles at Kroger and someone drops a bag of pickles and there's a big mess everywhere. You know, there's a cleanup on aisle seven in our life we need to have short accounts with god and we need to clean up every mess that we can with our loved ones with our coworkers with our neighbors hey i didn't mean to get upset about that please forgive me and then let's get this recalibrated and start over so the of the fir- of the five stages of grief the first one is denial and the second one is anger and the third one is bargaining you know when coping with a loss it isn't unusual to feel so desperate that you're willing to do anything to alleviate or minimize the pain. Amen to that. During this stage in grieving, you may try to bargain to change the situation. You ever found yourself there? Agreeing to do something in return for being relieved of the pain that you feel. And when, when bargaining starts to take place, we often direct our request to a higher power or something bigger than us. So we could bargain with the higher power, our, uh, bargain with the Lord, and uh, so that may somehow impact the outcome. God, if you will just heal this person, if you'll just touch my daughter, I will turn my life around. Or you know, I promise to be better if this uh, a person, if you let this person live, or if they, I'll never get angry again. Well, some of us have said that. If you can stop uh, this situation from happening. So, There is an acute awareness in the bargaining stage of our humanness in this stage of grieving when we realize that there's nothing we can do to influence change or create a better end. And bargaining comes from this feeling of helplessness and and gives us a perceived sense of control over something that feels so out of control. So during bargaining, Bargaining. We tend to focus on our personal faults and our regrets, and uh, uh, and and what could we have done? I ask my wife Kathy all the time, "What could we have done different?" Uh, and she would say, "Well, we you went to all the games, you did this, you did that, you you were in um, your daughter's life, and and um, and but we we still want to blame somebody for the situation, and sometimes we just can't." So um uh, for me we uh, um I would look at how can I bargain with God to I uh, get things back the way they were well the uh, you know things have changed life is different and and eventually we have to end up at acceptance so after the denial after the anger after all the bargaining there, we're we're not quite at acceptance according to uh, um, Ms Kubler Ross but it's, it leads to the reality of depression. And in in this country, we have got a depression explosion. And um, in fact, the Wall Street Journal did an article pre-COVID that talked about the the, uh, dramatic increase in depression cases and cases of loneliness in our country, pre-COVID. And for those of us who are wrestling with the grand family, uh, there are times where we can be we can be depressed, and and we and as one of the stages of grief, we need to, to be honest with ourselves and deal with that. And so during this process of, of uh, this experience of processing our grief, there comes a time when our, imag- our ima- imagine, imaginations calm down, and we slowly look at the reality of the situation. Bargaining no longer feels like an option, and we are faced with the reality of what is happening in this stage of grieving we start to feel the loss of our loved one more abundantly and and for those of us who are heading toward retirement or what we thought was going to be retirement you know we're not only grieving the loss of our son or daughter but we're grieving the loss of our potential plans our our we you know i have a um, a younger brother who's talking about um becoming a snowbird you know he's getting ready to retire he's going to get a place down in Florida. That sounds absolutely great. Sounds like something we've talked about or thought about for years. We can't do that now. You know, our vacations are based on the school calendar and we gladly accept that. But there's there is an adjustment when you make those uh, uh acknowledgments and you and you, you you deal with that reality. And um so depression is real and it's something that we uh, um how do we deal with depression well um individually you know i i start every day the way i have for the past 35 years in the uh reading the bible every morning for me and uh trying to, uh, to glean the wisdom and encouragement and uh, i've just recently uh read the entire book of psalms because i find in there that david and the other writers in psalms deal with the reality of all of these stages of grief you know, denial, and bargaining, and anger, and uh, uh, depression, and uh, and even acceptance. And, it, it, and also, I you know, I pray specifically about everything going on in our lives. And and I've seen God answer some amazing uh, prayers. In fact, I'm going to talk about that in, in the uh, episode that's coming up. But I, I just want, uh, there's, in fact, there's a verse I, I want to share with you from a Philippians chapter 4 verses of, six and seven and that is do not be anxious about anything but all things by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to god and the peace of god which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in christ jesus so i would encourage you to to uh to to grow spiritually during this time spend some time in the scriptures get into a small group if if and also a, uh, a support group. We've got a, a phenomenal interview coming up on, on our program from the folks at Families Anonymous. They're doing a wonderful, uh, work in encouraging families that are going through behavioral health and substance abuse issues and, um, really providing the type of support you need to get through these five stages of grief. And I hope you, you, you make sure and catch that podcast. I think it's coming out in the next couple of weeks but depression is real. The other thing you could reach out to the substance abuse and mental health services administration. And the number for that group is 800-662-4357. That's the mental health and substance substance abuse and mental health services administration. And uh, this, we, we, we've got to take control of this. You can't, you know, if we, we can't spend our life depressed and, uh, Uh, So there is help out there. And finally, there's acceptance. And the last of the five stages of grief is acceptance. So when we come to a place of acceptance, it's not that we no longer feel the pain of loss. Instead, we're no longer resisting the reality of our situation. And we're not struggling to make it something different. It is what it is. And sadness and regret... Can still be present in this phase, but if the emotional survival tactics of denial, bargaining, and angry anger are less likely to be present during this phase of the grieving process. So it's, I just put in a little prayer here in the sidelines, like, Lord, I'm, I, I accept this situation, I'm still overwhelmed with the journey, but I accept this situation, and I'm just going to ask you to guide me and direct me during this process. So one of the questions in the article was how long did these stages last? Well, these stages can be different for uh, each individual and the path is unique to you and your relationship to the person you lost is unique and the emotional processing can feel different for each person. But we're encouraged to take the time we need and remove any expectations of how you should be performing as you walk through this grieving process. So let's, let's avoid any unrealistic expectations. Oh, you know, I, I should be way farther along than I am. You know, some days you just need to chill and, um, and, and just get alone by yourself and pray and just process what is happening. Cause it's, um, there's, there's not a, a fast forward button during this, these stages of grief. So it's, um, uh very interesting the um the and then how can we help someone very interesting in this article how can we help someone who is grieving well number one we can avoid rescuing or fixing in an attempt to be helpful i, th- I thought this was really good we may offer uplifting hopeful comments or even humor to ease the pain or try and fix them although the attention is good it can leave people feeling is it uh, as if their pain is not seen or not valid, and uh, and then and then don't force fixing the the person who's who's grieving. We may want to, to badly help that person to make them feel better. So we believe that nudging them to talk or to process their emotions before they're fully ready will help them faster. This is not necessarily true, and can actually be an obstacle to their healing according to Ms. Clark in in, uh, her article on how to cope with the five stages of grief. But we do need to make ourselves accessible. Offer space to people who grieve. And this lets the person know uh, when uh, that we're available and that we're ready to be of assistance to them. You can invite them to talk to us, but remember to provide understanding and validation if they are not ready just yet. Remind them that you're there. And do not hesitate to help them. And uh, so I want to leave you with a couple thoughts on, um, on how to, uh, five stages of dealing with grief. But uh, there's a podcast I heard by Amy Morin, who did just a tr- terrific uh, discussion on this from the Very Well Mind podcast. She says, five strategies for dealing with grief. All right, we've identified these stages. Now, how do we address them? So the first thing is, you may want to read books on grief, and she recommended a great book by C.S. Lewis called A Grief Observed, and another wonderful book, A Year of Magical Thinking by Joan Vivian, and she also recommends joining a support group, which I mentioned earlier, and you can do those in person, or you can do them online. And we recently had a family friend who lost a son, unfortunately, to a drug overdose, and she immediately went and joined a support group. And they had a, a a structured program where maybe it was a 12-week program. Well, that wasn't enough. So she decided to go back through it again. So we need to do what we need to do to get through this, especially so we can be there for our grants. And uh, we can't be the uh, outstanding grandma and grandpa, yai and papa, uh, when we're walking around depressed all the time but there is a reality that we do go through depression in this process. So talk to your friends and family, take care of yourself namely watch your diet, don't forget to exercise and get some sleep and if need be get professional help. And amazing statistic, post covid behavioral health diagnoses are up 46%. So chances are everybody you know is going through something. And Behavioral health professionals are busy, but get get on a waiting list if you have to. As we we uh, our guest Ryan Brooks talked about a couple of weeks ago, find a good behavioral health specialist and by all means uh, take advantage of their expertise. It'll help you navigate these five stages of grief. And uh, Amy Morin goes on to say that we rarely talk about grief, but uh, grief has a timeline. It's not going to last forever. Um, there's a statement that uh, time heals all wounds, according to the psychologist Morin. Uh, she says, that's nonsense. Um, it's not necessarily time that heals all wounds. It's what you do with your grief that matters. So you have to be involved in the process of working through this. Don't avoid grief. And we're not moving on, but we're moving through our grief. So it's 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 an ongoing process. And it- comfortable emotions. We're not going to deny them. We're going to embrace them. And as uh, 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 one of the folks I listen to a lot, um, Pastor Rick Warren said, and we talk about this all the time on the It's a Grand Life podcast, don't waste your pain. You know, who can I be a blessing to who's going through the same type of thing I'm going through? That's why we started this podcast, It's a Grand Life, so we could be a blessing to you. And Lord willing, encourage you, pray for you and provide resources that may be a blessing to you. And of course, in the acceptance phase, we need to remember the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I want to encourage you today, as we, we talked about a tough subject, the five stages of grief, Chances are we're all going through it, but together we can get through it. And um, by all means, take advantage of the resources and uh, that we we talked about and that we continue to talk about here on the program. Uh, but we want you to know that we are we're here and we are praying for you. And if you have a specific request, I hope you'll reach out to us here either through our Facebook page, it's a grand life, or contact me personally through email or what have you. Um, we we want to. Uh, have all of us uh, get through this process um, in the very best possible way we can and know you're not alone and know that God loves you and he's got a plan for you through all of us. So thank you so much for joining us on another It's a Grand Life. We'll see you next time. Remember to never waste your pain. Your story can help others. That's the whole point of It's a Grand Life. Please reach out to me. I can be a blessing to you and pray for you or help you connect to free resources that can make your journey a little easier. God can use your situation to bless others, even halfway around the world. Together, we have hope. And as my own grandma used to say, and she was always quoting biblical promises to me, but this one from Isaiah 26.3, he will keep him or her in perfect peace, whose mind is fixed on him because he trusts in him. Please make sure to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. I look forward to talking to you again real soon, but remember, with God's help, it's a grand life.